Good morning. My name is Reggie Romaine, and just as it appears on the screen, I'm the guy who sits next to you on Sundays. <laughs> Let me explain. See, I'm originally from Queens, New York, and about a year or so after graduating high school, I enlisted in the United States Marine Corps just a few years ago. While stationed in Virginia, I met my wife, Teresa. We've been married 19 years, and we have seven children together. I work in sales. I work for a premier vendor in cloud-based human capital management solutions. And family, our family have been attending Faith Church now as members for four and a half years where I've been sitting next to you. So when Pastor Joe approached me and asked me to be a part of this series, I uh, felt the Lord leading and guiding to focus on what's our responsibility, us who are sitting out there. I think subconsciously and even consciously, when we see senior pastor up there as the title, or youth pastor, even when Tim Gardner gets up here, high school pastor, we uh, defer all responsibilities for the church, maybe spiritual matters to them, when in all actuality, we also have a part to play in it. So we're continuing the series, Together in Christ, based on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now we are the body of Christ, and each one of us a part of it. So I want to welcome those who are joining us online, and those who are in the chapel, and let's start with a brief moment in prayer, and we'll jump right into it. Father, we just ask that you open our ears and our hearts and our minds to your word today and, let, and prepare our hearts to receive it so it falls on a good ground, bearing fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to be clear that Paul, he, he's the author of the book of Corinthians. He's writing a letter to the church at Corinth. And in chapter 12 is where he talks about the body of Christ. In verse 3, Paul says that... No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit gives us gifts. Different gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. And these gifts are for the body, for us to use to fulfill God's purpose and plans. They're for the benefit of us all. They're for the common good. And uh, they're diverse gifts, different types. I think uh, when Scott talked about earlier, uh, you know, Scott has the gift to be up here and, and to, to sing and to lead us in worship. I think I can do just as good as a job. No, I'm just kidding. He, you, you want me seated next to you instead of up here. Um, but honestly, he's been a good steward over his gift and talent. I've actually spoken to his dad, Bill, and him about just the whole process. And it's really the Holy Spirit's gift that he's been given, and he's been a good steward over it. And... Um, just a short week, a short couple of weeks ago, our family went on vacation. And my wife and I ran into a couple, and we had some good time of fellowship. And uh, they spoke a prophetic word over our family, over my wife and I, and it was truly a God thing. Uh, and just to piggyback what Andy said last week, that this, the body of Christ is not limited to just us here who are in these four walls. It's every single believer in Christ Jesus all over the world. Many parts, one body. So I need, to believe, I need to provide a disclaimer. I think before I go any further, um, I'm going to talk about works. And I think we delve into de dangerous territory because there's a human tendency to want to gain God's approval because of our works and our efforts. Or even worse, to gain our salvation. Understand that we are not saved by our works, but for works which God prepared in advance. It's stated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, 
not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So being a follower of Jesus Christ is not performance-based. If you were to ask me about 10, 12 years ago, maybe longer, uh, I was performance-based in my walk with the Lord. But it's not. It's about a relationship with the one and only true and living God, the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the beautiful part about it is that he allows us to partner with him in his plan. So let's be clear. God, God, you cannot make God love you any more than he already does. And he states this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, in that while we were still sinners, he demonstrates his love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So let's be clear. God has a purpose for his sons and daughters. Yes, he saves us from our sin, and he gives us a purpose here on earth and the gifts to fulfill the purpose, to benefit the body and the whole family of God. There's a story in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus tells this parable. Um, I, I love this parable. So if you want to turn and follow along with me, your devices or whatever in your Bible, um, we're, we're looking in that, read, again, reading through the NIV, Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14, going to 30. This is the parable of the bags of gold. And uh, this story has is, 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 is encouraged me to use my gifts and talents for God's purposes. I believe it provides us with Two illustrations, or an illustration of two ways we can respond to God's gifts and talents that he's given us. Um, while you're searching and turning to there, give you some more time, I want to encourage us all that there's one interpretation of a portion or a passage of Scripture, but there's many applications of the principles that are found in the passage. We're going to look through those, um, look to the applications of the principles that's found in this. But I want to encourage you that God desires that we search for those um, hidden treasures, in his word and find him because he wants us to do so. So understand in this parable, starting in verse 14, is a man who entrusts his wealth to his servants. Just like the Holy Spirit entrusts the wealth of these gifts that he's given us to us, it's the same way. So one servant received five bags of gold, one received two bags of gold, and the last one received one bag of gold. They all received according to their ability. Now, it also states that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. He gives us, the same Spirit gives us different gifts, right? Well, just like in this parable, as the, the master saw fit, he gave accordingly. So just as the Holy Spirit sees fit, he blesses us with, this, with gifts. And we're not to covet, like I shouldn't covet Scott's gift and his ability to lead us in worship, but simply appreciate and be a good steward over the gifts and talents that I have. So the Bible says that the first person, the first servant that received five bags of gold went at once and he put his money to work and received five more bags, totaling ten. The second servant did the same. He put his money to work and turned the two bags into four. He received two additional bags. Now the last servant took a different route. Instead, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. So now, when the master returned after a long time to settle accounts with his servants, let me stop here. I want, to understand, I want you to understand that this, again, this is in Matthew chapter 25. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's having a conversation with, with his disciples that when they asked about the end times and his returning. 
and uh, he's encouraging them. And there's actually a parable. He actually starts this conversation in Matthew chapter 24. It continues on. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable that he tells before this one of the ten virgins. And ultimately, the both are stories that are encouraging us to, that, you know, he will be back. It may seem like a long time, but he will be back and be faithful until he returns. So when the master returned, the servant with five presented five more, a total of ten bags to his master. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the same happened to the one with two bags of gold. He presented his master with four bags, two additional bags of gold. And the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now keep in mind, they both received the same reward. See, God has given us each gifts and talents. We're not to look at, uh, you know, someone else, like I said, me looking at Scott or whatever, uh, at their talent, their gift, and the covenant. We're to simply be faithful over what God has entrusted us with, and we'll receive the same reward. Now, of course, the third servant, let's talk about him. It's got issues. Now, the man who had received <laughs> one bag said to his master, I knew, you, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not gathered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Uh, let's, let's talk about this for a little bit. So you can see a huge contrast between the first two servants and then the last servant. We see that there was fear with the last servant. We see with the first two, they simply went to work and, and put their money to work, and, and we saw that they were blessed because of it. But the last servant, there was fear. I've had conversations with people who haven't professed faith in Christ Jesus, and they describe God as this angry God in heaven, ready to strike them down because they've done something wrong. But that's not God. That's not his heart. Those of us here who have a relationship with God through his son, we know that he's a compassionate, loving God, merciful God, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. And we know that, as this describes here, that this servant didn't really know the heart of his master, but the first two did. Because we hear the reward, well done. He was happy to glory over what they've done. So the master's response to the last servant was, you wicked and lazy servant. And the master went on to say, you should have at least deposited my bag of gold with the bankers, and I would have received my gold with interest. Then he took, made the, gave the command to take the bag of gold from the one who had one and give it to the one who had ten. And also commanded that he be thrown, or rather more importantly, to throw this worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Pretty harsh uh, consequence, would you say? So again, I want us to focus on the fact that we can choose to respond like one of the three. I know our heart's desire for every single person here is to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So we can choose to simply put, to, put forth to the, the effort to work, the gifts and talents that God has given to us. For true servants use their God-given gifts. We don't hide them. But I know that many of us here find ourselves like the third servant. We bury our gifts and talents that God has given us instead of using it for his predestined purpose and plan. 
I want to tell you a story about my family when we first arrived here at Faith Church. Uh, we had come out of a really, really challenging season. God brought us through. But we were still in healing mode. And um, a previous church I had attended, had probably I did overextend myself, volunteering too much. Uh, and so when we were here, we were, we, I believe it was a God-ordained season of rest. It was kind of on the bench, if you may. But I believe I sat on the bench a little too long. I remember one Sunday about a year, year and a half or so after attending, the uh, Holy Spirit really convicted me. And I was standing back there and just kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. And Pastor Billy walked up and asked if I would be interested in, in joining the First Impressions team. And I immediately jumped at the opportunity. And, of course, Pastor Billy didn't know what was going on inside of me in the conversation and the dialogue I was having with the Holy Spirit at the time. But uh, what that picture is, the picture of, God's mercy. Yes, he, he convicted me like a daddy. He's a good, healthy daddy. He doesn't enable us. But then he, he brought Billy alongside to comfort me and to help me along. Uh, and, and that is to, to engage and get back in the game. So when, we, when I sit back, when we hide our gifts and talents that God has given us, not only do we lose out on God's blessing, but the body of Christ, we all lose out on what God has given us for, for us all to benefit from. So again, just like in a parable, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and, and uh, true servants use their gifts for God as once. The question I pose to you is, what gift or gifts has the Holy Spirit given you? I know here at Faith Church, we've hosted a spiritual gifts test, a class, uh, and in, normally in that class, you go through at the end and you take the test, and you discover what your gifts uh, are given to you by the Holy Spirit. So I'm sure many of you here have probably taken it. You know what your gift is. Uh, maybe you haven't. And in preparation for this, I simply Googled spiritual gift tests, spiritual gift, uh, gift assessment. Uh, I came across a great a resource from the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America's website. You can simply go on there. Uh, it's a free test. It takes five, ten minutes or so. You, you, you get the results immediately. Uh, what was so exciting and kind of fascinating for me, I kind of like these like personality tests, Matt Myers-Briggs and stuff like that. But what's fascinating was the fact that the results that I um, had were exactly the same when I originally took the test 19 years ago when I first became a believer. So it was kind of cool. Uh, so I would encourage you to first take the, take the first step, if you haven't done so already, to find out exactly what your gift is or gifts are. And then begin the process of developing those gifts. Uh, Paul Riker did a phenomenal job, would you say, a few weeks ago, led us through a series on going deeper in Christ. And in that series, he talked about the different, some spiritual disciplines. Um, and so I would encourage you to, to, to look into it, maybe read, uh, listen to that series again. Uh, I'm not going to share about, uh, you know, the disciplines. But one thing that helped me early in my walk, and it's a principle that I've try to practice and be faithful to practice, and when I do, I'm actually blessed by it. And that is, we need each other to grow and develop as servants and disciples. See, I heard early in my walk as a believer that we should all have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in our lives, or a Pauline, Barbara, or Tammy. So you read something. Don't want to leave out the women. Um, <laughs> and... And so let me explain. So as I stated before, Paul, the author of this book, this letter to the church at Corinth, Paul planted many churches in the New Testament uh, that we read, and 
he also was a, a, he discipled many and was a spiritual father to many. Jesus commands us to go and make disciples. So could you disciple yourself? Mm, it's probably not ideal. It's not best that you're being discipled in isolation, just you by yourself. It's not the healthiest. It isn't God's desire or design. He desires that we are in relationships. Jesus was the model. He took 12 men and did life for three years with these men, and he discipled them, and he told them to go and do the same. So we should have a Paul or a Pauline in our lives, someone who's a, a little further along than we are in our walk that can help us, especially if you're new to the faith. If you're a babe in Christ, you definitely need someone to come alongside and assist you and simply ask and pray for God to provide this. He is Jehovah Yara, our provider, and he will provide this. This is his will that you have this uh, a mentor, someone to disciple you. There's, there's blessings that come from it, protection by having this, if you, especially if you're a new believer. You know, the scripture talks about in the last days there will be false teachers and false prophets. You, you know, if you're new and you're just left to yourself and to figure things out, the enemy can easily come and distract you and, and take you off course. Having that mentor, someone who's been uh, around the block a little bit, can help you maneuver through those challenges of life. And there's also direction. I've been blessed by having many mentors speak and confirm my gift uh, and, and, and allow me to glean and learn from them. I remember when we arrived here, I asked uh, Al Voris, many of you may know him, he's uh, a deacon here, uh, to be my mentor. And I've, I've been able to be blessed by him and uh, to hear God speak through him and life over me in the direction that God has for my life. Jeff Grant is someone that he, he may not know it, but I consider him to be a mentor. Um, I've asked and, and sought counsel from him on occasion on certain matters. So again, we have, uh, uh, you know, you want to have that kind of structure in your life. A Barnabas or Barbara, someone who is at the same spiritual stage of maturity you are. A, a friend in Christ that you can walk this walk out with. You know, and, and just like it doesn't have to be just one Barnabas or, or one mentor. I think you should have one primary mentor. But then there's uh, other men that you, or women that you look to. But you can also have many Barnabases. As I mentioned, I have been blessed by having many. Um, I meet with a group of guys, a small group on Friday mornings at Panera Bread. And we, we, get, we, we read biblical books and, uh, and pray together and share life together, crack jokes on each other. You know, <laughs> we do life together. But, uh, uh, and I also have a couple of brothers that I pray with on Tuesdays. Uh, uh, and it's a blessing. We pray each other, pray for each other. You know, just past week, I, I blew it in correcting my son and, and, and lost my temper. And, uh, of course, I asked my son to forgive me, but I also reached out to my brothers, and I asked them to forgive me. So, uh, you know, God says, confess your sins to me, and I'll, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But, you know, in James it says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Well, God, why can't you just heal me when I confess it to you? Well, because it requires humility for us to confess our sins to another sister or brother in Christ. So my encouragement to you is to seek out a Barnabas or Barnabases or Barbaras in your life to walk it out with. And then, of course, the Timothy, someone that you're pouring into, that you're helping lead along the way. Again, just like the last servant, God doesn't want us to bury our gifts and talents that he's entrusted to us and hide them in a hole. What we're given, we should be giving, and then we will receive more. If we bring filled and poured into, we should be pouring into someone else. That's how God's kingdom works. That's how God's economy operates. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So we should have a Timothy. And the Timothy doesn't necessarily have to be someone you led to Christ. No. Uh, you know, if you're not, you're not comfortable with that right now in your walk, don't feel the need. Pray and ask God for this, for a Paul, Barnabas, Timothy. And, and he will provide in the right time. Maybe you're early in the walk and you're ready for a Timothy. And that's understood. But understand that that's how God works. That in, in his right time, he'll provide what's best for you to grow in your faith and your walk with Christ Jesus. Now, keep in mind that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, it states that the foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, nor the eye to the ear, I don't need you. I'm not the ear. You're doing a better job than me. Or you're more important than me. I don't need you. No, we all need each other. If we're ever going to fulfill God's ultimate purpose and plan here on earth, it's only going to come as we are united, as we are united. And understand that, that Jesus is coming back to a bride, one bride without spot nor blemish. And things, as, things like division and, and racism and, and partiality, division between the haves and the have-nots, all these things are blemishes in the body of Christ. And Jesus is coming back. He's going to make sure that his, his gown is sent out to the dry cleaners before he, he comes back, making sure that it's cleansed of all these blemishes. So I want to encourage you to seek unity and seek oneness. I'd like to conclude my talk today by speaking to those here who have not put their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. For whatever reason, maybe someone put you in a headlock and grabbed you and dragged you here and made you come to church. Maybe you're here and you're just seeking, seeking the Lord. I commend you for it. But understand that we will all have to give an account for what we did with the most precious gift that God has given us, and that is his son, Christ Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And understand that we as believers who have received Christ, when we come before God, he will say of us, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And we'll receive the reward Jesus received, we will receive the reward of our God, and we will share in our Father's happiness and dwell forever in heaven with our Lord. However, those who reject Jesus, they'll simply be asked one question. You won't be judged for this sin or that sin. You can name it. There's a whole list of them, right? We won't be judged for the detailed sin. We'll only be judged for one thing and that one thing only. What did we do with Jesus? And for those who rejected Jesus... They'll simply receive the reward their God received. You see, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, it states that hell was never intended for people. God is love and he created us to dwell with him in his presence forever. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. So my encouragement to you is to seek out God's love. Because again, he desires that none of us would would, would, would perish. In 2 Peter verse three, chapter 3, verse 9, it states that Jesus is not slow in keeping his promise to return. Everybody's like, what's taking Jesus so long? He's taking his time. No, he's not slow. He is being patient because he doesn't want any of us to perish. He desires that more would come to repentance, that everyone would come to repentance. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, it states that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified and it is with the mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. I'd like to extend an invitation to you today. Those who haven't received Christ, I'd like to invite you today to receive Christ as Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to lead us all through a prayer. We'll have, we'll have everyone bow your heads and close your eyes, and you have the opportunity to pray a prayer where you receive God, Jesus, as your Savior. But understand that it is not me. That, that voice you hear is the Holy Spirit right now enabling you to say Jesus is Lord. Submit to the Holy Spirit. So I'll, I'll speak. You'll follow along in prayer, and you'll reply and, re and, and repeat after me. So everyone, bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat after me. Father, it is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved and born again. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I make him Lord of my life right now. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I renounce my past life with Satan and close the door to any of his devices. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Now all things have become new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you, just like we talked about earlier, the Holy Spirit just endowed you with gifts. I want to encourage you to seek out a Paul, Barnabas, Timothy, or a Pauline, Barbara, or Tam Tam uh, Tammy. Uh, ask God. He will provide. Seek out help. Come, share, uh, reach out to the, to the offices, to Faith Church. To, we'll be up here to assist in any way we can. But share it with the person who, who brought you uh, so we can celebrate with you. Thank you, everyone. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for sending your word forth. I pray you would watch over it and bring the increase 30, 60, and 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen.